Another wonderful thing about this fellowship of Al-Anon when these things occur, and as I'm sure the same can be said for AA, uh, we have no trouble in getting someone to take the place when these things happen. I uh, actually heard a whole lot about this lady, a whole lot of favorable things before I had the pleasure and privilege of meeting her. Uh, a friend of mine in Al-Anon received a great deal of help from her. It seems that her husband had a proclivity for choosing Roanoke to have his trouble, and I knew that Dee was of a great deal of help to her, so I, uh, she's one of the few persons that I've ever known in my life that was given a great big build-up before I met them, and I wasn't disappointed after I met them. Uh, some years ago, I did have the privilege of meeting Dee for the first time. I know she's very active in our lawn, very dedicated. My wife and I have had the pleasure of being in the lovely home of Dee and Bud. She is the present state delegate to the Al-Anon World Service Conference. Uh, so I'm going to ask D.M. from Roanoke, Virginia, please take over. Good morning, everyone. I'm shaking. That's how I am. <laughs> I am D. I'm an Al-Anon from Virginia. And I'm just real grateful to be here. Uh, I know I don't look like Bob, and I don't sound like Bob, and I don't know Bob, but I hope you'll have a chance, and I hope I'll have a chance sometime soon to hear him. Uh, it's been my experience uh, in Al-Anon that people in Al-Anon in, in uh, Texas are just the greatest. And it was through one of these lovely people from Texas that I found Al-Anon. And so that's, that's why and how I know that they're great down there. And I, too, join you in prayers and best wishes for Bob's family. Thank you for inviting me. It wasn't easy to get here. And on, on the way down, I kept thinking I must be crazy to, to, uh, to do this. I'm not one to, to speak at the drop of a hat. And I think you overdid your introduction, uh, Douglas, but thank you. It's always good to be with other AAs and Al-Anons. I feel like they're part of my family now, as indeed they are. You are. And you always seem to, your presence seems to make me more serene and more comfortable and this is what I love about you, is that you have accepted me just like I am with all my defectiveness. And this is one of the greatest things about this program. And when I look at my little pink card, I feel like it's a misnomer because I feel like that uh, when the bottle is put down, we're all the same. Uh, we all ought to be sporting the same color because we start out even then. 
we are all dealing with a living problem, and that's what I'm dealing with and have been dealing with for a long time. You know, I came into Al-Anon, or actually into the AA program first, uh, kicking and screaming. It never occurred to me and never been part of my plan to get mixed up with an alcoholic in any way. That was one of the decisions that I had made early in my life, not because I knew anything about it or not because I uh, consciously felt like I was better than anybody who drank. It was just not a thing that was done in uh, the society around me. And I felt like it was just one of those evils that uh, I could get along without, that I'd have enough problems as it was without getting tangled up with drinking. And uh, so I got into it quite by accident. I didn't even know that uh, the man I was marrying had an alcoholic problem, and neither did he. Uh, we, knew, we both knew he had some problems because they had uh, shown themselves in the past, but we uh, didn't think there was anything there that love couldn't overcome. Well, I'll tell you, uh, love doesn't come, or the love that we knew then doesn't come close to uh, being of any help uh, when it comes to compulsive drinking. I married this wonderful person after a, a courtship of two and a half years, and within a few months we were going down pretty quickly and pretty rapidly. Uh, he had not done any drinking during our courtship. The only time I saw him drink too much, and he did have an occasional drink uh, on occasions, was one time, and I just turned my little nose up, and I wouldn't even let him take me in. I discovered later that this thing that made me better than him that night was self-righteousness, and I have learned since I have been in Al-Anon that this was the thing that almost destroyed me as alcoholism almost destroyed him. Of course, that's just one of the things that has almost that almost destroyed me before I found a better way in Al-Anon. I got along pretty well during his drinking compared to uh, uh, the way I got along after he quit drinking. I was I was one of those people, and I hear it every day with a new person. Our only problem is the liquor. If if he or she or our son would just quit drinking, everything would be all right. And I was, I was one of those. It never occurred to me that whatever uh, life brought about, when he put the bottle down, we couldn't handle. But we couldn't. When he quit drinking and I discovered AA for him, and an AA member called upon him uninvited, and I thank God for this, uh, although he wasn't ready to come into AA, I knew that when I talked to this AA member that this was our answer. Certainly this was his answer. I didn't, I, I didn't come into, I went to AA meetings with him. I didn't come into Al-Anon. We had many problems in our own home at this time. I found that living with a sober alcoholic was far worse than ever living with a drunk one. 
And it wasn't his fault, but I didn't discover that for a long time. Uh, I was suffering from my own defectiveness, which I learned later. I could not live with this, uh, with this sober alcoholic. Uh, he was just getting too good for me. <laughs> and I began to resent AA because it took up far more of his time than the drinking did. During the, during the drinking, he was so nice on occasions and so sweet, and he just couldn't do enough for me. And then when he got sober, he didn't even know I was there. And boy, if this won't pop your little bubble. <laughs> but we had a critical family illness for a period of years, and we had two babies, and I got sicker and sicker. I came close to uh, suicide because this seemed to be the only way out. I, uh, there, there just didn't seem to be a way. Actually, at one point, before he got sober, this, I was toying with this idea. I never did actually attempt it. I guess I never had the courage. But I was making my little plans, and uh, I was uh, the second time around with it, I was making my little plans so that it w- would look like I, w- I died of natural causes. Now, that's self-pity. I didn't know that then either, but I've learned that too, that one, that one can get so wrapped up in oneself that uh, one becomes extremely ill emotionally. And this is what happened to me. I did recognize the fact that I was heading for a nervous breakdown because I'd been in the medical profession. I saw it in other people. I saw the patterns in my own uh, husband as his drinking progressed, and I began to see them in me. Nobody told me. Nobody ever suggested that anything was wrong with me. Uh, at least in words. Uh, and uh, I guess this maybe uh, was good because I'm sure I would have resented them if they had, if they had told me anything was wrong. But I came to, to realize that I had to do something. And it never occurred to me that AA or Al-Anon was the answer. And so I turned to the church for the answer and I found an answer. And I hear a lot of people who say they don't. But I did. It was the answer for that time for me. And things began to get better. And I was able to see, uh, I was able, I, I had a better perspective at this point of the illness of alcoholism and the problems of living and family reconstruction. And this, this to me is one of the most difficult things that we encounter is this thing of family reconstruction. I didn't discover Al-Anon until my husband had been uh, sober several years. What we had, what had been, we had known as Al-Anon uh, really wasn't Al-Anon in those early days. Uh, and the few meetings that I went to then uh, had no meaning for me because it didn't suit me to discuss the alcoholic in our family. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think at this point I even liked him well enough to. But uh, it, it never, never suited me to talk about him to anybody. 
And uh, I'm glad that this is the way it was, because if I'd ever turned loose, <laughs> he wouldn't have, he, he would have had a hard time, I'm sure, because I, I, I sure did keep it down within me for, for a long, long time until I got into this program. But had been sober for a long time when I discovered quite by accident through this little cute Al-Anon from Texas what this Al-Anon program was about. And I was ready for it. I had been in a prayer group up to that time, and we were, and so was she at this time, as well as in Al-Anon, and the things we were talking about were not different. There was a different terminology, a different, different language. And so with, with her, I began, to going, I began going to Al-Anon. I really was just being a good hostess that, that weekend and took her and hurt her and resented her because she said, uh, we all have a responsibility for the sobriety in our family. And, uh, and I thought, that's a lot of bunk. I deserve this thing, sobriety. <laughs> but I began going at this point, and I was ready to start on the steps, and I had worked them. Uh, half-heartedly, but the big book tells us that half-measures avail us nothing. Uh, but I began to work them earnestly and for me so that I might have a better way of life. And this led to a new life. And this led to a new relationship uh, with me and my husband and our family and our children. And this led to a new relationship uh, with me and other AA and Al-Anon people. And to me, this is one of the greatest things in my life, because I know that today we would not be married and we would not have a family were it not for AA to begin with. And uh, then I know that, uh, or feel relatively sure, that we would not have continued to stay married had it not been for Al-Anon. And I feel real sorry for people who haven't discovered this program. Uh, I, feel, I feel sorry for people who have been on the fringes of it, uh, like I. And I know they're suffering, and uh, just as I was suffering, and they don't know they're suffering like I didn't know I was suffering. At least I didn't know what it was that I was suffering from, and now I do know. I think I took, I know I took the first step uh, partially before, before my husband ever got sober, because it, uh, but after I had been exposed to AA. I believe at this time I recognized fully that I could not control his drinking, uh, his behavior when he was drinking, uh, his actions, his behavior. I couldn't control this. And I believe that I uh, took that part of the step. Now, I did not know and I did not take into consideration that uh, I couldn't manage him or that I was powerless over him when he was sober. I felt like I could still influence him, and I have tried, and I still try. And I, and I still try to manage other people uh, other, than, other than the sober alcoholic in our family. But this is my mistake. 
But I know that I took that then. But it was after I came into Al-Anon or later, later along the way. I seem to lose track of time because it has been a, a while. But somewhere along the way, I realized how totally powerless I was over any other human being. I recognized that I was a flat failure in the realm of marriage and family relationship. And I think this is the one thing that breaks up a woman as quick as anything else, is having, having to face the fact, and it is a fact, that uh, uh, you're a failure in your marriage. The one thing that I was going to be a success in, you know, I went into this thing and it was a lifetime thing with me. And here I was, after a few years, a flat failure. Now, that is another thing that pops your little bubble. <laughs> My ego was wounded. I was a flat failure in the realm of finances, and we were. Uh, this thing, uh, this illness called alcoholism had uh, depleted uh, all of our supplies in every area. And I was still trying to run that and still trying to manage that. During the drinking, I had uh, escaped pretty much in my work because I had really buried myself in my work. I was a, a surgical nurse, and uh, you certainly can't be involved with a surgical team and think about anything else. Uh, this was, to some degree, an escape. And when uh, my... Uh, husband encouraged me to quit work, that maybe this was the problem, I was away too much, that uh, I then transferred this into the realm of uh, voluntary uh, work, voluntary, uh, voluntary positions, and uh, you can spend uh, 48 hours a day in that, and I just about did that. And I feel like today that even though that was an escape to some degree, that helped me to maintain some semblance of uh, emotional sobriety. Maybe it saw me through. And certainly I learned a great deal in that, in uh, learning to get along with people. And at this time, I was not cut off from the world. They tell us in Al-Anon that we respond in one of two different ways. We either withdraw or we uh, become rebellious or fight back. And I think I did some of both of this. I withdrew entirely from the, uh, from the alcoholic in our family. I was sure that I would never allow him to get into my heart again. It, uh, I, I couldn't, couldn't let him know how I felt. I wouldn't ever. And I pretty much succeeded for a while. And uh, this, again, is a, is, a, is a result of deep bitterness and resentment and hostility, the things that I didn't recognize that were killing me until later. I had some good sponsorship when I came into Al-Anon. And for this, I'm very grateful. I think this was the thing that stirred me in the right direction and channeled me 
in a in, in a straight line, and uh, I wasn't given a lot of alternatives. I followed the steps as they were written in the big book and in the Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions, because at this time our literature wasn't that explicit. We have some splendid literature today. A new life began. A new relationship began. It began to grow then, but you know, that was another turning point in my life. I, it seems to me that I have, seems to me that I have been at more turning points, and I, I expect this is good because it makes me stop and start all over again and completely give myself to this simple but very difficult program, this wonderful, wonderful way of life. This is where we ask God's protection and care with complete uh, uh, surrender. And this is what it takes for me. I went on to the second step without too much difficulty because I had had some dealings with God since I was a child, and I had had some very vivid uh, encounters with him, but it was spasmodic, and uh, now I know why. My character defects interfered. This thing of uh, deep resentment and hostility that cuts us off from the sunlight of the Spirit, uh, this, is, this is the thing that made it spasmodic. And then, then I would get right with him and uh, things would go along until I became willful again and self-centered. Making the decision was, uh, in the third step, not too difficult because I had done that before. My great problem has been carrying out that decision on a continuing basis. The steps Steps four and five have helped me to begin to know who I am and what I am. And this is how I, the thing that has made me feel like that we are even. I don't feel like I have come to believe that the alcoholic doesn't suffer from one set of character defects and we do another. I think we all suffer from the same basic character defects. They may come out differently, and self-righteousness may kill me quicker than the bottle would you. I don't know, but I know that it separated me from everything and everybody. One of my problems has been not being willing to give up some of these things, not being ready to look at them, uh, still hiding behind them. Their defenses. Uh, this thing called pride. Uh, I, I believe that pride is our greatest, or certainly one of our greatest. Maybe the root of all the other defects of character. And it's the thing in me that doesn't want me to admit that I'm wrong. It's the thing in me that wants to lash back when somebody hurts my feelings or does something that doesn't suit me. It's the thing in me that uh, makes me look down on other people whenever I do, and I hope I'm getting farther and farther 
and farther away from that. I'm not up here and the alcoholic down there anymore. And for this I'm grateful, and for this I have the program and you to thank for. I've done a lot of rationalizing in my life, and I I justify my anger and my resentment. And uh, I can do it today for a few minutes, but it's gotten so that it hurts too deeply and it bothers me too much that I can't play around with these things for any period of time. I can't play around with self-pity. It, it, uh, it can literally destroy me in a matter of hours. And not only me, it takes everybody down with me. I notice this thing in dealing with the children and with the, with the family and with uh, uh, everybody around me, particularly with the children. And let me just uh, say this. If I get up on the wrong side of the bed, so to speak, in the morning, the children sense it immediately. I feel like that uh, the mother of a household is somewhat like a thermostat. It, it, it sort of uh, keeps everything, your attitude or my attitude, sort of level is a leveler. And they can go off to school either upset or calm and serene, looking forward to the day. But I notice that this is uh, something that I have to be constantly aware of, particularly during the school season when there is such a a mad rush for the bus in the mornings. Humbly asking God to remove my shortcomings uh, is always difficult in that sometimes I can't uh, recognize what it is that's bothering me at the moment. He knows. Sometimes it's just my blindness to whatever the character defect involved is. But I know that if I humbly ask him, he will, and then, as time goes on, then he'll show me what it was that was messing me up. Making amends were difficult in some instances. I had been on the, uh, on the basis of making amends most of my life, but I had never thought I had any amends to make to my uh, husband. He was the one to whom I needed to make the most amends, I found out. And it was no wonder that we were so separated, not living in different uh, households, I don't mean that, but so separated, no line of communication, uh, no real deep respect for each other. I think this is the thing that we missed. And after... This amends step and really confronting him and being genuinely sorry that I had been all of these things and treated him the way that I had and did, we became equals. At this time, our relationship began to grow, and I had an awful lot of help. And if I hadn't have had good sponsorship, I think this would have completely passed me by. But we started more or less on an equal basis then. We were going together, but separately, in this program. And it's been a 
constantly growing and blooming thing ever since. We haven't got it made. We, we were in some real controversy about two or three weeks ago, and I, for two days I didn't even react, and I got so uh, uh, prideful of the fact that al had taught me not to react <laughs> that I immediately reacted and messed the whole deal up. But uh, I don't mean to insinuate that we have it made, but we are able on a day-to-day basis of working out our difficulties and our uh, differences of opinions, and uh, they blend together more. And our our goal is uh, is, is the same, uh, that of spiritual progress and not spiritual perfection. I find that uh, applying the tenth step is real difficult because I forget. This I, this I believe is one of my great shortcomings. I forget to do this on a regular basis. So consequently, I have to start all over again, just like it was a brand new thing. I let things catch up with me, and I find myself uh, being resentful. I did this uh, a week ago. I had uh, discovered that I was beginning to be resentful, not of the job that I had, not because the job was, is a great opportunity, but that it was beginning to interfere with my 12-step work. <laughs> and this didn't suit me. Uh, we have so much work to do at home and so many opportunities that are opening up in, in Al-Anon at home. We have so many new people almost every day. And this is because alcoholism is becoming a public uh, problem a problem of the community, and I wish I had time to go into some of that. But we have recently started an institutional group in one of the hospitals, and we are ready to go into another hospital the way has been laid for us by those blessed AA people. We are working with the, through the courts now, and we do literally have people every day. And, and this job, which deals with alcoholism, was beginning to bug me. And so I went in and sat down and took the steps on this specific thing and turned it over to God and asked him to manage it. Here I was, again, trying to manage something, and I had a time limit set in which to get it done. And true enough, uh, there is a time limit on it, but uh, with God, there doesn't seem to be any time or space. Uh, He takes care of things the way he wants to, in his way, and in his own time and of his own choosing, I find. But I did this on Friday morning, and things began to open up that day. And with a 4 o'clock appointment yesterday afternoon, this thing is solved. And it, it, it is just as if the... Well, from, the, from, my, from last Friday, I haven't worried about it. I just asked, or I just told God that if this thing were done, he was just going to have to do it, and he was going to have to show me the way, and I'd be glad to do any of his legwork for him, and this is what I'll be doing, but the way is open now. This is what happens to me when I have reached 
and am conscious of a conscious contact with God. And when I begin to ask him for the knowledge of his will for me and the strength and the power to carry that specific thing out, and over and over and over this happens on a regular basis, but I forget, and isn't that stupid, to get up in the morning and forget. I get so busy or the phone rings so early that I forget to go sit down and have my prayer and meditation. And I know from experience that that is the thing that carries me, carries me through the day and through the week because it's been too obvious to me too long, but I forget. So I must ask God to remove my forgetfulness or whatever it is behind the forgetfulness. I guess this is willfulness too, uh, trying to run things or manage things or manage my life again. You know, there's a, a favorite little prayer of mine that ends uh, something like this. I have no jewels to adorn thy throne or no proud sacrifice to make, but here I bring within my trembling hands this will of mine, a thing that seemeth small, but thou, O Lord, dost know that when I give thee this, I give my all. And it's when I have not given this that I've kept some of my willfulness that things don't go right and that I forget. The twelfth step is, has brought to me one of the greatest adventure of my life, not only uh, working with other people in the alcoholic situations, but dealing with my own family. You know, uh, God's will for me today may mean sitting down with one of the children on a 12-step call, or as it did the other night, as a matter of fact, about midnight, uh, or sitting down and just listening a child through to hear and to see what's on his or her mind. And this has opened up many opportunities of communication for us at home. Indeed, it may mean going someplace to see another sick person. It may mean just talking to the butcher over the counter who may have the same problem at home. It's It's amazing to me that when I ask God to make me sensitive to the needs of others, and if he has any children today that he wants me to help, would he please show me? And he always does. And I've had the phone ring, and incidentally, I have learned to take, I am learning to take the phone off the hook in the morning, first thing, for a little while until I can get this done. And I have literally hung up the phone and had, before I've turned around, a, a telephone call. And this is great. You know, they tell us that from four to eight or ten people are affected to every drinking, uh, uh, compulsive drinker. And this says to me that we have a much bigger job in Al-Anon and Alateen than you have in AA because there are five times as many of us sick as there are you. And by the same token, our fellowship should be even bigger. 
But uh, we're not. We don't, re- we don't recognize our sickness, as you all have had to. As my husband says, uh, we, don't see it. we don't have a sword hanging over our heads, and you do. And uh, you're the fortunate ones. But to me, it's a, it presents a great opportunity. And if any of you out there are, like I was, on the fringes of AA, benefiting from AA, let me tell you what Marcy told us. You have a responsibility for the sobriety in your family. You have a responsibility to AA and Al-Anon. Now it's your turn to resent it. But I know you won't because I know you see it. You aren't as blind as I was. Today, I'm, Doug said he was glad he was an Al-Anon. Today, I'm glad that I am, uh, of course, I'm delighted that I'm an Al-Anon, but I am also very grateful that I am in a sober alcoholic situation. Uh, If I had to go back through it all, I might get chicken real fast. But today I am grateful for alcoholism because it has brought us uh, into a new way of life. And, And, you know, I was thinking last night that when I look back and try to think about how it was then and what happened relative to the way things are today, it's... uh, it's almost, well, it's like dealing with two different people. He's not the same person, and I'm not the same person, and I can't, and I can't hardly, uh, re, well, I can't relive those things. And sometimes I seem separated, so separated from them, and yet I must remember. I must remember those things and the way I was lest I forget what A.A. and Al-Anon has meant to us, uh, lest I become unable to identify with that new person that I'm going to meet next week coming through the court program, uh, lest I forget how good God has been to us. Our children are in Alateen now, and when my husband came into A.A., we didn't have children. That was the one thing that I... uh, couldn't see having children and having a drinking husband too and I think God just blessed us that way because I, he knows how much we can take and how much we can't and I don't think I could have, could have done that it was hard enough to be a mother with a sober alcoholic but our children are in Alateen and our little girl who turned 12 last fall could hardly wait to be 12 and they even let her come to the meeting on the, the night, or the Sunday night before her 12th birthday, and she thought, oh, she was so excited. And they're away in camp this summer, and I've missed their help because I have found that those Alateens have a lot to offer, and they keep me on my toes when they're here. Uh, it's, it's a funny thing. Uh, they have come to expect so much of this program or so much of us since we're in this program that if the least little thing goes wrong, they say, Mommy, what's wrong? Mommy, are you sick? Well, I'm never sick. (laughs) 
I used to be sick before Al-Anon, but I'm not sick anymore. But this is, when they say these things to me, it is a reminder that something is showing that needs to be tended to. And I'm grateful for these people. And I'm sure that uh, uh, their coming home will be a great joy next week, and yet at the same time becoming uh, reoriented at home will uh, we'll present a little, a little challenge. Maybe they've gotten away from Alateen. I don't know. But I do know that God, in his infinite mercy and wisdom, will take care of that when, when we uh, get there. One of the great joys of Al-Anon is that I really don't have to think about the past. Now, I don't, uh, I'm not just thinking about the drinking past. I'm thinking about yesterday and this morning prior to right now. There isn't a thing in the world that I can do about it, and uh, I can't do anything about tomorrow, but this certainly does offer me a challenge today. It is a great adventure in living. Uh, it's a reorientation. Uh, Al-Anon offers this. It, it's a personal reorientation. And I think this is what's happened. I know this is what's happened to me. This is what's happened to my husband. And I wish he were here. And do you know this is the first time in many years that we haven't been together at a meeting like this. And I began to realize on the way down here last night how much I was depending upon him for his support. Of course, I know he ha- I know he supports me, and I know he's thinking about me in the middle of all that business he's having to deal with this morning. But, but I'm terribly grateful uh, for him, and he's a great person. And I hope that those of you who don't know him will get to. And I'm I'm just so grateful that. Through AA members and through Al-Anon members and this program, that we have been able to work out our difficulties and and know the reconstruction of uh, family uh, life and uh, and have a, a new direction that that is leading us closer and closer together and yet we're still separate. Another one of the joys is that uh, in, in Al-Anon is that we must, and I, I have begun to learn more and more about releasing this person, uh, this, this uh, sober alcoholic, releasing him to in love, to live his own life, to be his own person, whatever God intended him to be, and likewise to release the children and to release other people with whom I am working. Uh, This is necessary for me. We cannot look, or I cannot look objectively at a situation or at a person if I'm trying to guide them my way. And uh, usually when we get into any controversy at home now, it's because I'm trying to manage things. Picking up the reins again and thinking that everybody is supposed to do the the way I think they're supposed to do. And at the time, I think they're supposed to do it. And you can't do this at home or in Illinois or anywhere else uh, with any success. And again, it offers me a chance to start over, and I'm grateful for this.
I truly am so grateful for being here. And I love you for your attentiveness and your support and your continuing help in this program. Wherever your paths may lead you, I know that we're going it together. God bless you. Thank you. thank you so very, very much. There's a note here that looks like, certainly looks like it's in my wife's hand, right? It says, if it wanted you to talk, it ask you. <clears throat> what I wanted to do, I'm not on either the committee of the North Carolina State Convention nor the committee of the uh, Southeastern Conference, and I may be usurping the prerogatives of someone on that committee. But I do want to say this, and then we'll close and use your way. Last fall, one of the greatest experiences of my life was attending the retreat at the beautiful, inspiring setting in Bluestone Lake near Hinton, West Virginia. And I was so impressed by the backdrop at the meeting there that I went in and took a lot of colored pictures of it. And I was so gratified to find when I came here that George B. from Charleston, West Virginia, brought this down with him. This is the same one as that tree. Is George here? Is George going out? I wanted just to ask you to give him a hand. Well, anyway, he's the one that's responsible for this inspiring backdrop we have. <laughs> Now, this is not my wife's handwriting. This is in these. Labor Day weekend, Roanoke. Labor Day weekend, Roanoke, uh, Virginia, is the uh, Virginia State Convention. And they ask that you all be invited and hope you can be there, right? You might as well take advantage of this to get in a plug. Shall we close in the usual way by praying together, those who will, the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Leave us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.